two KG Sports Minds have created a podcast to answer one very important question. What's the spread? Now, here are your boys, Brad Thomas and Miles Markowitz. Calendar has turned from October to November, which means that college football is about to get real serious. The juicy time. This is actually the time where Alabama normally doesn't cover the spread. FYI. Oh, a little teaser there. <laughs> hey, Miles. On Tuesday, we had a very, very exciting night. We had the opportunity of the very first college football playoff rankings. It's always a big night, and it's always a big time in the season. Everyone you know, gets to see where their team is and what the committee's looking at on that particular year and who should be number one, things like that. The first thing that I wanted to open up here, uh, we had Bama at number one, Clemson at number two. Do you think they got that right? Yes, absolutely. Um, the Clemson has been dominating teams in their last couple of games, but I still think that the SEC is a step ahead of the ACC. So one and two, that is absolutely right. Clemson has the most wins against current top 25 teams right now at three. Nobody else ha- even matches them with three. Uh, a lot of teams on this list only, at this point in the season, only one win against a current top 25 team. But a lot of that I think has to do with uh, a backloaded schedule uh, here as we go into November. It's basically going to be put up or shut up time. Uh, LSU comes in at number three, and Notre Dame at undefeated coming in at number four. So that is your uh, current top four. But this weekend, we got a big one already. Number one, Alabama, and number three, LSU. That's going to be exciting. That's going to be very good. So one of those guys is going to get out of the top four. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was uh, most surprising for you? My biggest surprise, Houston being left. Actually, no. That's not going to be my biggest surprise. My biggest surprise was West Virginia being below UCF. I think that outside of the one loss West Virginia had in their struggles against Kansas, I think they are an impressive team. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty big statement that they put West Virginia behind UCF and that they yeah. put Florida one spot ahead of UCF. Yes, very big statement there. They're definitely giving a lot of credit to these SEC schools for having to beat up on each other, yep. per se, because we, we have Mississippi State at number 18, we have Texas A&M at number 20, which gives teams like Florida, LSU, and Georgia a lot of games against current top 25 teams. Yes, and I, don't, and I honestly don't think that uh, Mississippi State's that good. I don't think they either. Look, okay, look, I'm going to put it in perspective last year. Last year, the first college football rankings came out. UCF was 18th. I don't think they're anywhere near that UCF team was last year. Yeah, and these are supposed to be rankings based on the current year, but yeah. I think that UCF ranking has a lot to do with what they did last year as well. Yes, they came in at 18. Strength of schedule is worse this year. Mm-hmm. Strength of record is worse this year. But you could also argue that they did the same thing for teams like Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma, absolutely you got Oklahoma. Oklahoma sitting at number seven, who their only win against a current top 25 team is Iowa State, who they put in the top 25, I because think, just to give yeah, the Sooners absolutely. a win. And then they have their one losses against number 17, Texas, uh, already sitting with two I would, losses. I would rank, I would go ahead and put, shoot, I'd probably put all the one and six teams ahead of Oklahoma. I, looking at this, Miles, looking at the rankings, I do personally think Kentucky is ahead of Washington State. Washington State has some good wins. But I, I have to think that Oklahoma might be one of the worst one-loss teams in the top ten. Yeah, I would almost put Oklahoma behind every one-loss team. Yeah. At this point, to be honest with you. Yes. Uh, looking at it here, Ohio State, the only team in the top 10 with a loss against a non-top 25 team. Heartbreaking for me to not see Purdue in the top 25. And to be honest, uh, Iowa, the only team from the Big Ten West in the top 25, and they're not even leading the division. Yes. 
Strange. Northwestern leading the Big Ten West uh, at four and one. But you and I were talking about this earlier, and the more I thought about it, the more it made more sense to me that the fact that a loss against a MAC team that hurt or a Conference USA team or whatever it may be is going to kill you. Yes. Purdue loses to Eastern Michigan. Uh, Northwestern lost to Akron. Akron and Akron's bad. Like it's it's not like they play like a UCF. Like they lost to an Akron. Those losses are always going to come back to haunt you in the committee's eyes. It tells me that there is a clear division between the Power Five and the Group of Five. I think yes. we already knew that, but I guess my point is, is that the committee continues to make that more relevant, especially leaving teams like Houston out of the top Absolutely. 25. I, that was a, that's a travesty. The way Houston is playing. Mm-hmm. A 7-1 Houston over a 4-3 and three Iowa State in the top 25 is a huge statement huge. by the committee. Huge. Which kind of submits the statement that UCF will not make the playoffs. Yeah. They would need absolute chaos. I think yes. at this point they're sitting with a probably a point two percent chance to make it in. You know, it's kind of funny. They do um so they do uh ticket reservations for uh the championship and it's it's a, a down payment. UCF's is eleven dollars. Alabama's is four hundred dollars that ticket down payment. They do it on probability of making it. It's kinda of hilarious. What do you think uh moving forward is going to be what team do you think has the best chance outside the top four to make it in the top four by season's end? The team with the best chance? Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. Man. <laughs> I think it's got to be Oklahoma. Because this Georgia team, they have two t- two very tough tests left. And I'm, I'm saying that's Kentucky in the end of the season. And anybody who has Bama in their way yes. has a, a difficult task, and, and that's Georgia and Kentucky and, and, and LSU. Correct me if I'm wrong. They're in the top four. Michigan has to play at Ohio State, then play the Big Ten Championship where right. anything could happen. Right. I think Oklahoma, their their last tough test is the West Virginia game. And if at, they get, at West Virginia. If yep. they get past that game, I think they'll be playing West Virginia again, and they will have confidence and beat West Virginia twice. And a 12-1 Oklahoma gets in. Especially with two wins against a, uh, we're going to say West Virginia will be ranked top 25. Now here's a question, uh, speaking of one-loss teams. Yes. If Notre Dame is 11-1, do they get in over any one-loss Power 5 champion? No. I say no. No. I, I say an 11-1 Notre Dame misses the playoff to any one-loss Power 5 Especially champion. the rest of Notre Dame's games. They, I think the lowest probability they had was like 76% chance to win the yeah, game. Yeah, I think it's and North, that's Northwestern, this weekend. Uh, Syracuse, Florida State, and USC. And yeah, you, you could say on paper Northwestern is their toughest game left on that yes. slate. Notre Dame has to be 12-0. Yes. They have to be. And if they are 12-0, I say they do deserve a spot. Absolutely. Because, and okay, I, I know we're only supposed to look at this year, but I, but I would almost give Notre Dame that spot because of the schedule they play year in and year, year out. Every year, they schedule tough, gritty right. opponents. Every year, that's their program. That's what they live by. Absolutely. And you, in, in today's college football, you come out of that 12-0, I'm impressed. You deserve a spot in, even if that means uh, going in over a Power 5 champion. Which, yes. Uh, in that scenario, if you possibly three Power 5 champions could get left out if you got two SEC teams in. Yes. Which would be... But, I think this is it's very safe to say that this year that will not happen. There's it's it's almost it's almost impossible for that to happen to SEC well, championships. Just to, there's there, there's so many uh matchups still remaining in the SEC. Yeah. It's probably they're probably going to resolve each other. Yeah, there. there's going to be a two I mean, loss hell, you sure. got LSU losing on Saturday, they're sitting with two losses already. Yep. And then they can't play in the West. Right. So at that point, I mean now, if LSU wins, that's where that's we could see really two weird. SEC. Yeah, yeah. It's going to get real crazy because that's the best chance for the SEC to get two teams into the playoff. 
there could be there's a strong possibility there could be two West teams in the playoff, which would be there's a strong possibility that both Alabama and LSU make it to the playoff. That is that would be freaky. Yeah. And I could see Washington State winning out. I could see them winning out. I could see and, them being a twelve and one Pac twelve champ. After looking at the uh, the, the strength of record and strength of schedule um, for Washington State, Kentucky, and uh, Ohio State, Washington State has the best chance to get in because they have the best strength of record out of all three teams. And it's like their strength of record is like eighth in the country. Overall, I'm okay with these rankings. Yes, especially after we dice. After you dice, if you if you stop, if football fans stop being fans of a team for five minutes and become fans of the sport. And really digest what we're what they're doing here with the rankings. They're pretty fair. Yeah, I spent two hours going through every single top twenty-five team schedule and writing down their wins against current top twenty-five teams and then all of their losses. Yes, which showed me okay who has the most quote-unquote quality wins against current top twenty-five teams in the committee's eyes. Yes, and then how bad are their losses? Yep. And then, so, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. The first thing that stood out to me was that no one has a loss against a group of five team. Yeah. So every team in the top 25, their losses are against power five opponents. And that's the state of college football right now, as it stands. Now, before we go into the games, Brad, let's, let's play a little game. Okay. Let's just go, just for the fun of it, current, let's take the current top eight. Okay. And just do a little playoff here. Let's presume that the top four has home field advantage. Okay. All right. So, first game, you got number eight, Washington State, at Alabama. Alabama. How much fun would that be? That would be amazing. Be, you might see a shootout there. Crazy. But the problem was, I don't think, I don't think that uh, you're going to want to throw 50 times against Alabama. Not with the secondary that leads the nation in takeaways. Yeah. The same secondary that they said would be t- terrible because everyone left. Just had to put that out there. So, that's an easy win for Bama. Number seven, Oklahoma at that point. At number two, Clemson. Another great game. Man. Got to give the edge to Clemson's defense in that one. Got to give the edge to Clemson's defense and Clemson at home. Yeah. Neutral site, I think Oklahoma has a chance. Man, it would be so difficult for a team outside the top four to come in yes. on the road and win Especially one if games. you look at all these – if you look at the top three of the top four, I think that those home – the home advantage there is just insane. Now, how about a rematch? Number six, Georgia at number three, LSU. That would be very interesting. I would almost give, in my opinion, I would give the edge to Georgia just I'm because it's so it to difficult to beat a team twice in the same season. Yes, and that game against that game against uh, Georgia, LSU took them out of the game early. Yeah. That doesn't happen to Georgia multiple times in a season. And how about another rematch? Number five, Michigan at number four, Notre Dame. Would be epic. Could see these two in the playoff, yes, and I which s- would be incredible. I still think that Notre Dame, I mean, that Michigan would beat them the second time around. I do too. They Michigan held them to like, what, 100 and held, held the quarterback to a 60 yards rushing, yeah. 120 yards throwing. Seeing how everything plays out is a lot of fun. Uh, and that is definitely a matchup that we could see. I would say at this point for the Big Ten, uh, the winner of the Michigan-Ohio State game is going to be their best chance uh, to get in the playoff. Yes. But we very well could see another two-loss Big Ten champ, and the Big Ten could get left out two years in a row. And at that point, it opens the door for the Pac-12. It opens the door for the Big 12. It opens the door for Notre Dame. Yes, absolutely. I saw a couple scenarios where UCF could get in. Oh, Lord, let's hear it. Remember I yeah. uh, said that to you, and it was absolute chaos. Chaos. One of the scenarios was Iowa State coming in to win the Big 12. It was Bama getting beat against LSU and then LSU losing their remaining two games. I mean, anything could happen. Yeah. But what we can take from the playoff era is that most likely Bama and Clemson are going to be there. Let's hope so because uh, I i don't know, Miles. It's hard to start number one and finish number one. Let's well, just put it that well, let's way. Go, it starts this weekend. Let's go ahead and get into it. 
College game day. We we do like to start off the show with the college game day game. Yes, I think it's kind of getting exciting. It's a, it's, it's a good recent trend, but this is hands down the game of the year. The Bama and LSU. Absolute game of the year. We have the number one scoring offense in the country. Uh, yeah, you heard that correctly, Miles. The number one. That My entire life, we have never had the number one scoring offense in the country. And I believe it's by considerable amount. I think you guys have 54 points a game. I think Houston's at 51 points per yes. game. Yes. Miles, we have the number one scoring offense in the country by more than a touchdown. But this is an interesting game here. We get the college game day game in Death Valley versus a team who has the number one scoring defense in the first quarter, which is pretty cool. And a team in LSU. Uh, Miles, what do you have to say about this game? I have to say that Tua Tagovailoa has thrown for 2,066 yards with 25 touchdowns and zero interceptions. And he hasn't stepped foot on the soil in the fourth quarter. Miles, it's kind of, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about it and I was like, I know we, Alabama has a great offensive line. Yes, great. The receivers are great. Quarterback's great. I think that it was unfair for, don't get me wrong, Tua is a Pac-12 quarterback. You know, a gunslinger. We don't have quarterbacks like that in the SEC. It's unfair that we got a quarterback of that caliber to come to the SEC. I can't believe he hasn't thrown any picks. He threw two in the national championship game in the second half. Now, this is where it gets interesting. LSU leads the country with 14 interceptions on the year. Yes. I think that something's going to give. But at this point in time, I may have I may have not seen a better team than than this Alabama team this year. You can talk all you want about their schedule. You can whine to me, UCF fans. You can say all you want about their schedule. It does not matter. You're winning these games by an average of thirty points per game. Yes. The teams that are put in front of you. We're not talking about the American Conference here. We're talking about the SEC. The spread's thirteen and a half. I'm. You know where my money's going. I'm going to say a couple things here. That we're all yours. All the naysayers are just gonna. There's a couple things in Al, that are going against Alabama. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be on one side of the fence first. So all the naysayers can can jump aboard, be all excited, and then I gotta shoot down their dreams. Alabama. Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Alabama's second best receiver, maybe third best receiver, but big playmaker Devontae Smith is questionable. So that 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 changes things, right? Alabama hasn't won a game in Death Valley by more than 14 points in 2006. LSU, like I said this earlier, LSU has the number one first quarter defense. Alabama normally gets their foot on the on the pedal and they score about 20-something points in the first quarter. Scared, right? One thing that everyone's saying that this is a big, big cover for Alabama. I want them to realize this one thing. The last time LSU was an underdog of two touchdowns or more, was in 2001. You know what happened in that game? Tell me. They got blown out. 44 to 11. What was it 11? 44 to 15, my bad. Miles. That was, a, that was a conference game. That was versus Florida. I don't think that Joe Burrow, who, who they, they thrashed Georgia, but it wasn't, Joe, it wasn't Joe Burrow. I don't think that LSU can put up enough offense. Even when you think about how bad Al- uh, Alabama's offense was when we beat them nine to six, and that how good the LSU defense was. They they typically c- cannot put up enough offense, and I think that this Alabama this Alabama defense is underrated. They lead the lead the country in takeaways, not interceptions, but takeaways. 
Joe Burrow's going to have to play a perfect game because when he has the ball, he will have to score three out of four possessions. And I think that's what you just said is the key, is the fact that Alabama will be able to make mistakes in this game yes. and still not just win, but they'll still be able to cover the spread. Yes. LSU's going to need a flawless game. And Alabama's, the way they get first downs with ease, with Tua's big arm, big arm. on third and long, Bama's never had that in no. big games. Ever. Ever. In, in, in my lifetime. The, I, I have not seen it. Naismith, maybe. Listen. And that's going to be the difference. Miles. So people are like, historically, Bama and, and LSU is always close. Oh, the last three times these two teams played, it was they, the score was less than 14 or less. Miles. 2017 won 24-10. 2006, 10 to 0. 2015, 3 to 30 to 16. Look at the difference between 2016, 2017, and the 2015. 2016, 2017, we had Jalen Hurts, not a really big offensive threat. But look at that game when we scored 30 points against them. You know who our quarterback was? Jake Coker. Jake freaking Coker, who has a semi good arm. We are going to eat them alive. The game might be close at first, but I do not see LSU being able to keep up. They will pull away in the second half, and maybe Tua will actually get some playing time in the fourth quarter. No, I don't want to. I want it to be a blowout, and we are and fans are packing up early. All right, you good? I'm good. Sorry. What we got next? I'm my heart's racing. I'm so excited about this game. The next game we got is Georgia, number six Georgia, laying ten points against the Kentucky Wildcats. Safe to say, I'm going to make a bold statement. This has got to be one of the biggest games in Kentucky football history at home. If not number one, they're playing for the division title. My God. Get pumped. Lexington, Kentucky, man. You got the Bulldogs coming in. No one cares about Kentucky. Like the world doesn't care about Kentucky unless it's basketball. I care about Kentucky right now. This is exciting. This is very cool. Pump up. Pump up. You know it's going to be a great crowd. It's going to be a tough environment for the Bulldogs. A trip to Atlanta on the line, which by the way, we failed to mention both of these games decide the East champ and the West champ. Yep. So Bama and LSU will be playing for the West. Georgia, Kentucky will be playing for the East. Yep. But here's where I'm looking at it. Bama and Georgia, going into the season, yes. we said Bama and Georgia were the two best teams in the SEC. Yes. To me, those two teams have not shown me anything to think otherwise. Yep. Which is why I'm riding the Bama and the Georgia trains here. I'm going with the Georgia cover minus 10. Oh, my God. It doesn't scare you that Kentucky has the third-ranked defense in the country? I did see that. But also, Kentucky's offense has been held to 15 or fewer points in their past three games. My dog Terry Wilson. That's has, what I'm looking. My at. dog Terry Wilson has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns. Another thing that makes me feel real comfortable is they are two and eight against the spread in their last ten home games. And guess what? Georgia is ten and three and five and zero oh, their last five against Kentucky. They held Felipe Franks to 105 yards. You think they're gonna let Terry Wilson throw the ball around? The trends tell you to go with Georgia. Yeah, My feeling goes with Georgia. You know, the public is on Kentucky, too, so that well, makes me feel even better. Well, yeah, the line started, I think, at 12 and a half. Everyone yep. started throwing money on Kentucky because everyone sees the big matchup. They they see the number. Kentucky, uh, The playoff committee ranked Kentucky in the top 10. Yep. I think it's deserving. But at this point, I think a very comparable game here for Georgia is when uh, I believe they were minus 10 out South Carolina earlier in the yep. year, and they came out and just thrashed them. Yep. With ball control turnovers and this is another situation where Kentucky will not be able to afford mistakes no Georgia will yes and, and that's the uh advantage you have of, of, of being a big program in, in that second half against uh Florida they let the reins go they let J- Jake Fromm go out there and be Jake Fromm I don't think Jake Fromm is anything to to marvel about but he's a comparable quarterback let him play 
and I'll tell you this, I always feel better losing bets when I put my money on the big favorite. Yes. Than losing a bet when I put money on the big No way I'm going to sit here and put money on Kentucky. Exactly. Th- th- it's just th- it's just not a logical decision. And j- just this is a betting podcast. Let's think about it from a betting perspective. It, like you said, it's just not smart. It's just like uh was it it was last week. Yes. Florida Georgia. I said, "Listen, I'm not putting my money on Florida because exactly. it's not a smart bet." This is the same as the exact situation. I'm 100% there with you. Kentucky's not a smart bet. LSU's not a and smart bet. And I think bet that's at this point. I think that's a reason like people say you guys don't disagree often. Yeah, because it's a betting podcast. You want to put your money on smart bets. Right. And if we're agreeing on uh what the trends are telling us and on what uh, the performances on the field are telling us, then most of the time we're going to be correct. Can't go wrong. So this next game, I'm kind of stoked you put this on here, Miles. Number 14, Penn State at number 5, Michigan. We have a lot of big spreads in Ten points. the biggest games of the weekend. Michigan minus 10 at home against Penn State. The number one offense, in, I mean, excuse me, number one defense in the country in Michigan, Miles. I went back and forth on this, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and put my money on Michigan minus 10. They are dynamite in the big house. Six and one of their last seven at home. That's against the spread. Are we crazy for taking three favorites this weekend of 10 points or more? I originally did have my money on Penn State covering plus 10. I did too. But I've seen almost every single big game in the Big Ten this year. And it's the Michigan defense that I think is going to come out on top. This matchup, by the way, is Trace McSorley. Just Trace McSorley. Yes. He has no help. No help. Uh, Miles Sanders will get bottled up. He, he may not surpass 40 rushing yards. It's going to be McSorley versus the Michigan defense. I think so, too. And I, th- I just think that how good Michigan's defense is, and especially how good their offense is at home, Penn State will need a miracle. Michigan's defense has held opponents Here to we less go. than 100 passing yards in half of the games they have played. Less than 100 passing yards and in today's college football? I don't know what they're doing on that side of the ball, but it's scary. It's amazing. And, and we, we have a quarterback here coming in, Trace McSorley, where I don't even think he's, he's that good – uh, through the air, great feet, great way to escape the he'll pocket, climb the pocket. Yes, but he'll also make mistakes. He will definitely make mistakes, and he will get sacked a lot. Michigan also has five turnovers in their last three games, so they're playing aggressively. And not to mention, they do have not only the best pass, uh, the, the best defense in the nation, but they that, that passing defense. I mean, they're it, they're uh, so under hundred yards, but they're only allowing an average of about one hundred twenty-two passing yards. They're per making game. it hard for the quarterback. They're getting to when you when you have a great pass rush. It makes your secondary look like freaking G's. And they're at home. This is a revenge game after last year. They yeah. just got uh, outmatched uh, in uh, Penn State last year. There's just been so much. Like, even in the Penn State's wins, I, I haven't really, like, seen anything that warrants me putting money on a 10-point on a spread when I think that there's a possibility that this could be, like, a 20-point victory. We could be fools, but... And, and, and Penn State, in their two losses this year, they've lost two games by a combined five points. They lost to one point against Ohio State, yeah. and they lost to four against Michigan State, but those were both at home. Yep. And that game last week against Iowa, a tough Iowa defense. Yes. They did put up 30, but they were at home. Yep. Again. So I think the difference is Michigan being at home. Definitely. I think that is absolutely the decision. We are both in agreement. Michigan minus 10. The last game of college football is the one that I am most excited for. I don't think Utah is getting enough love. We got number 16, Utah. They're a seven-point favorite at Arizona State. And, Miles, I don't know what anybody in this world 
is thinking, seeing Arizona State, they are garbage. They almost got beat. Well, they almost get beat. I'll say they almost let a backup quarterback at a crappy USC team come back on them. I was actually really curious to see if you and I would uh, take all four favorites in college, but there's no way in hell that you can bet against Utah No. in this game, even though it's packed till after dark and funny things happen after dark. Sun Devils? All four of their games, they've lost by seven points. So at the very least, you're going to push. Yes. I think Utah wins by 21, Brad. Yeah, Tyler Huntley's a G. They've scored 40 or more points in each of their last four games, and they're getting hot at the right time. The pace of that offense is amazing. And Zach Moss is a stud. Zach Moss is coming here with 964 yards, 10 total touchdowns. But you know what else is good? Watching that Utah game last week when uh, Tyler Huntley was in the red zone and he threw a god-awful football. God awful. Got picked in the red zone. You know, he didn't they didn't they didn't bottle him down. They didn't close him down. They didn't shut down the offense. You know what they did? They revved it up. Pass. They went, I think they went, they, they went screen, um, run, pass, pass, pass. And the next concurrent congruent plays. I might have thrown one, one extra pass, but that shows you that they're gonna continue their offense. It also helps when you had Zach Moss busted one for 20. Not to mention their top 10 defense. They're only giving up 287 yards it's per amazing. game, which is top 10. And their rushing defense is number three in the country, only allowing 81 yards per game. And not to mention the trends. Utes, four and one against spread in their last five head-to-head matchups with yes. Arizona State. Utah minus seven. I'm banking on that, man. And before we move into the NFL, let's go ahead and give you our numbers from the college games last week. We did agree on all four games this week, which usually spells some pretty good things here. Last week, Brad, you and I were both three and one. Wow. So we both took three out of four games. Florida, Georgia, Georgia minus seven was an easy win. Easy. For both of us. That's one we agreed on. We did disagree on Iowa-Penn State, but what a great game to disagree on. Yes. Because Penn State only covers by half a point. <laughs> that was a win for you. Um, I took Iowa, lost for me. And then another big one for us, Washington State. We were wondering why they were plus three and a half there against Stanford. Win for both of us. I'm kind of pissed I didn't take the money line. I just took the spread. But sometimes it's smarter. And then another one that we disagreed on, Texas-Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State comes up with a huge upset. Uh, I had Oklahoma State in that one. You had Texas. So we both finished three out of four games in college. Well, it is what it is. Let's we go ahead and move over to the NFL. We got some big games to talk about in the NFL. This Holy weekend. crap. Miles, what's the first game that we have in the NFL? Rams, Saints, undefeated. This is probably an NFC title game preview right here. The Saints are at home, and they're one and a half point favorites against the only undefeated team left in the NFL. Do you think the Saints can really come in, can really knock off the number one team in the NFL right now? Yes. Can I tell you where my money is before I, I sure. go into my statement? I'm taking Saints minus one and a half. Call me crazy. Like I said before, and I regret the statement that I made in our last podcast because Drew Brees played like absolutely dog piss. And they still won somehow. They still won the game. I just feel that this is Drew Brees' year. I mean, he's on pace statistically to have possibly his best year of his career. Yes. Did you know that he's the least sacked quarterback in the NFL? That's a huge stat. That's right a there. huge stat. And wow. it's very telling. That offensive line not only is protecting the quarterback, but that's why Kamara and Ingram are able to be such a dynamic yes. duo. Yes. Yes. Tough offense to slow down. I'm also taking the Saints minus one and a half, by the way. Did you know? I didn't mean to cut you off. That's okay. The Saints average more points than the Rams. I think that Drew Brees is gonna have a field day because the Rams pass rush is not good. It's not good at all. They they're great run stoppers, you know. They're great run stoppers. Like, we're gonna we're gonna say that is. But speaking of a great a rush defense, I think this is the key matchup in the game right here. Here we go. 
The Rams own the best rushing attack in the NFL at 150 yards per game, but they're running into the Saints, who have the best rushing yes. defense in the NFL, only allowing 74 yards per game. That's where this game will be won. Also, I bet against the Saints last week, and you better believe I am not betting against the Saints two weeks in a row. Look at Sheldon Rankins with a pick six. Sheldon freaking Rankins. I think that on a neutral field, this game is a little bit different. I would give yes. the edge to the Rams. But because the Saints are playing at home, that's where my, my money is going. I was trying to go this game so bad, and I literally couldn't get anybody to go with me. And So you better believe that I'm. this will be the game at my house that has the sound on. Absolutely. All right, moving on over here to the Chiefs, minus 8.5 at the Browns. It's on fire. It's on fire. Everyone's running out of the building. They're getting fired. That's, that's the Browns organization right now. Why? Why do you fire your coach? This is only a statement I'm going to make about this game because I'm taking the Chiefs. That's all, that's all you need to know. But why fire your coach after he's won two games, but you leave him, you leave him there after he didn't win a single game all season? I don't know what's going on with the Browns right now, but I'll tell you that even though this game is at home, I don't understand why the Chiefs are only favored by eight and a half points. Yep. I feel like this should be a 14-point line minimum. Yep. And it's going to be the easiest cover of the season. There are going to be so many Chiefs fans there. It's going to feel like a Chiefs home game. Chiefs might win by 21 points. Yes, absolutely. That's all I have to say about that game. Chiefs minus eight and a half. Moving on. Easy. Chargers, excuse me. This is the, at, at Seattle. This one was a confusing one. I went back and forth on this. Seattle well, is getting one and a half point. I think this is another one that you put on a neutral field. It's just different. But the Seattle only reason at home. That the Seahawks are favored is because they're at home. I picked Seattle, Miles. Uh, four, two and one against the spread versus a three and four against the spread team. But that's not what really really won me over. The defense is buckled down. And the last two games, Russell Wilson has been playing amazing. Russell Wilson versus the Lions last game, 248 yards, three touchdowns. Russell Wilson versus Ravens, 222 yards, three touchdowns, interception. Not to mention Chris Carson, who rushed for 105 yards in a touchdown last game. And Chris Carson has been the difference for them this year. Yes. They finally found a running game. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm also going with Seattle minus one and a half, but here's why. Well, they're 44-11 and 11 straight up in their last 55 home games. And I, and, and I said on this podcast this year and last year, yes. but this year, over and over again, don't bet against the Seahawks at home because more often than not, you will lose. Because it's just simple statistics. Yes. And when I thought, you know, neutral field, I thought this was a coin flip, right? And I was like, why would I, if it's coin flip at neutral field, why would I bet on the away team? And I do think the Chargers are for real. I do think they're playing really good football. Their only two losses this year are against the Rams and the Chiefs. Yes. So I still believe in the Chargers that they can make a lot of noise. They're not going to win the division, but they're definitely going to come out of, of that division. as uh, Should have lost that game to the Titans. Should have lost that game to the Titans, but the Titans have been a tough out this year. Oh, yeah. Um, so that does not take away uh, my feelings about the Chargers, but just because the Seahawks have also been playing really good football yes. since their own two start, I believe they're 4-1, and one, really impressive. Yep. And they're at home. Yes. That's all I got to say about that. All I got to say, and this is the game that I am excited to watch. Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's at Baltimore. Ravens are getting three points. Pittsburgh coming off a convincing win last week. James Conner has busted loose. There's so many storylines in this. Le'Veon Bell didn't show up. Ben Roethlisberger has, what, he lacerated his finger, a broken finger, something. Baltimore beat Pittsburgh last time they played. Pittsburgh defense is looks like they're turning a corner. My money is on the Pittsburgh Steelers for no reason other than Joe Flacco in the last game he played through one touchdown, two interceptions, and looked horrible. The Ravens ran into a really good Carolina team last week. 
They also have not been playing very well as of late. I'm taking the Ravens minus three. We're finally going to disagree. The Ravens and the Steelers matchup, I feel like, is almost like its own matchup. And the statistics within that matchup tell you that to take the under. This game is always a low-scoring battle. And for that reason, I'm going to give the Ravens the edge at home. They also went into Pittsburgh earlier this year and beat the Steelers 26-14. to I think this defense can shut down the Steelers, still playing without Le'Veon. Connor's been very good as a fill-in. Yes. The Steelers are also 1-5 against the spread in their last six games versus the Ravens. So in this matchup, I like the Ravens. And for the first time in this podcast's history, I'm taking all of the favorites. I have no, not one single reason why you should pick the Steelers over the Ravens. And I, 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 I'm making that statement very bold. Usually when you say that, you end up winning the bet. <laughs> So I I just know if it's a feel. I feel I try to feel my way through some things and there's just some feelings this feeling I could not sit on this podcast for all the people in the world to hear me say I'm going to put my money on the Ravens because that is absolutely false. I will be putting my money on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when you're traversing the world of sports betting, sometimes you go with your feelings and sometimes you go with your stats. Yes. Last weekend, I had no stats to give you on why Oklahoma State would beat Texas. Yeah, you just, this but is that a feel. was a feeling, and I, 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 this is a feel for me. I'm not saying go out there and max bet it, but man, do a, a unit or two on it for sure. Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, Brad, real quick here. I wanted to give you uh, some major props. You had a great week last week in the NFL, so uh, thank you. Maybe ride Brad's bets uh, in the NFL, even though we did agree on three out of four. But you were three and one in the NFL uh, last week because you had the Saints plus one and a half against the Vikings. You had the Ravens, minus one and a half against the Panthers. And you had the Steelers, minus seven and a half against the Browns. I had the Panthers, plus one and a half. Yes, sorry. It's okay. You had the Panthers, plus one and a half, which we both had. That was my only win, uh, because I was one in three. Our loss together was the Packers and the Rams. The Rams, minus nine and a half, and did not cover. Because Todd Gurley did not get (laughs) the two yards to fall into the end zone. I don't know why. I... (laughs) When I was <laughs> making my football bets, I was like, I am not touching that BS game. And then the Rams are losing, and this is Vegas for you. Vegas sets the live the live odds to win for the Rams at minus 207, and my beautiful self decides to go ahead and bet it like a fool, and it hit. I was so happy. Thank Rams you, Ty. And, and that was another reason, by the way, that I had no problem taking the Saints. The Rams are due to lose. Yes. Thank you, Ty Montgomery. Thank you. It's like the, it's like the football oh, gods have looked out for him so much, but it's bound, it's bound to happen. All right. So let's end the show on something that I am really excited about, Brad, because not only was last week the first time that we had all the same super dogs. Yes. We hit two out of three of them, not just covering the spread. We called two out of three winners. Yes. In our dogs. Kentucky plus seven over Missouri. Took a last second touchdown, but we got the win and the two points. Amazing. Boston College plus three and a half over Miami. A 27 to 14 win. A.J. Dillon's first half of that game was phenomenal. And you know, so I missed the first quarter of that game. um, Because I, fun fact, I sat inside of an ABC liquor store. And I, (laughs) I waited to taste test vodka. and didn't even taste it. So I missed the first quarter of the game, and I couldn't get on ABC radio. I called my dad and say, Dad, how's A.J. Dillon doing? 
phenomenal is what he said. I said, good. We're going to win. Easy. And then we both had Texas Tech plus four over Iowa State. They went up 10 nothing in that game, but Iowa State pulls away 40-31 to and earned their spot in the top 25. So you and I had both four points there, which means I keep my one-point lead with 33 points. You're sitting with 32 points. I believe we only have four weeks remaining. Oh, my God. The dogs. Listen, I'm going to start this time because I don't want you to copy. I want you to copy my picks, my winning picks. Mm-hmm. Number one, I'm going to go Texas A&M plus four at Auburn. This Auburn team is a dumpster fire. I think Texas A&M goes in there. Jimbo gets a good road win. Next, I'm going to go <laughs> Northwestern plus nine and a half at, verse, at home versus Notre Dame. And the only reason I'm doing that is because Northwestern's at home. My last game, this team played their hearts out in the rain against a running team. How unfair. How unfair you have to play against a running team on the road in the rain, in the pouring rain. Game gets delayed. You lose by a heartbreaking field goal. I'm going Duke plus nine and a half at Miami. All right. Good picks. What do you got? Texas A&M plus four over Auburn. I think it's the easiest dog of the weekend. Easy, yes, absolutely. A garbage Auburn team. Yes. And a talented A&M team. I don't think there's any way that A&M loses that game. Nope. I, I think Auburn is that bad. They're having that bad of a season. I think so, too. Malzahn's going to be out. I think Malzahn's out. I think because you have to be consistent in the SEC. Yep. You, you, you can't just have one good season. You just you have to be consistent. You yes. have to be. Yep. Next, I have uh, Pittsburgh. This is tomorrow night. On oh, Friday. my God. I almost did this yes. one. Plus seven and a half over Virginia. This is for the lead in the Coastal. I believe, and Pittsburgh's been playing really good Pittsburgh's football lately. Running game has been, and it, they figured out their identity. Their running game has been phenomenal. And finally, I too am not only going with Northwestern plus nine and a half over Notre Dame, but without the dog section, I am calling a Northwestern upset this weekend. I think that Notre Dame is destined and cursed yeah. to go down every time that they're ranked in the top four of the playoff rankings. They choke, and this this game, yes. last year it was at Miami. Yep. This year, I think it's way more difficult going into a tough... No one's talking about this game, Brad. No one. Do you know why? Because Northwestern's not in the top 25. Nope, but... And no one's paying attention to this division. They deserve to be a top 25 team without that loss to Akron. Without the loss to Akron, absolutely. Northwestern's winning football games right now. Yes. This may be Pat Fitzgerald, uh, Fitzgerald's best team at Northwestern. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be a sellout. It's going to be amazing. will be competitive. And I think Notre Dame has shown signs of weakness. Yes, and Ian Book is not the deal of... He's not as real of a deal as I thought he was. They have one possession wins against teams like Ball State, yes. Vanderbilt, yes. Pittsburgh almost got them, which Pittsburgh's playing good football. But it's a all I'm saying is it's a beatable Notre Dame team, and it, and they're playing a talent. This is this is their most difficult game remaining on the schedule. Yes. So if you're looking for something to root for this weekend, put some money down the Northwestern money line. I don't say this very often. I am not this confident very often. Yes. But I think there's a great chance and a really good value and a really good payout there. I think so, too. Miles, one game that I, I did want to talk to you about that I looked at for a second, it could be a trap game. You have a, a, a first-year starter coming into Texas Tech playing against a quarterback who just lost the game for his team with two back-to-back rookie mistakes. This Texas Tech team is, has a home game versus uh, Oklahoma. I think that could be a, a trap game for Oklahoma. 100% could be a trap game for Oklahoma. Yeah. So I have to say about that. Uh, the Big 12 is very top-heavy, and I would put Texas Tech at the top there. Yes. Texas Tech, Iowa State, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, 
West Virginia. Those yep. five, any of those five right now, believe it or not, any of those five could still win the conference. Yep. Because the Big 12, uh, back, uh, back, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, backloads their schedule into November. So all their big games are in November. Yep. It's exciting. I can't wait to watch. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of What's the Spread? You can visit our website at www.whatsthespread.net. On there, we do have apparel for sale, which would be awesome. If you guys are into daily fantasy sports, check out our buddies at dfskarma.com. I'm going to be real honest, real honest. This is like they're not paying us or anything. I use their lineups all the time. Last week, I played six days. Five of the six days I cashed. And I, that was NHL, NBA, and football. I'm going to leave it at that. And one more thing. Ohio State's going to cover this weekend against Nebraska. They're 18-point favorites at the moment. Ohio State wins 48-21. Put your money on the Buckeyes coming off the bye week. Ohio State's going to destroy Nebraska. And I'm going to be there. <laughs>